Welcome to Elita's Toolkit. I am Marcus Claxton, and it's great to have you here with me. Leadership, it's not a destination. It's a constant process of growth and adaptation of learning new skills and refining already known ones. And sometimes it's all also about unlearning. It's a lifelong journey of developing character and wisdom and of equipping yourself with a range of tools and learning how to use them well. Thanks so much for all the support that you've shown so far. It's been great uh, getting some feedback from people of uh, how much they're enjoying the podcast. This is episode four and I've titled this one Excuses, Excuses, Excuses. And uh, in, in this episode, we're going to have a bit of a look at whether or not we actually need excuses at all. Can we possibly live a life where we never ever use or give an excuse for anything at all? Before we jump into things, um, episode zero in this podcast series, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I'd encourage you at some stage, just jump back and, and spend some time and go through that. In that episode, I really set the scene, describe the framework and the purpose of this podcast, and uh, it'll give you a, a bit of an idea of how better to use the podcast and uh, to understand what I'm trying to achieve Elitist Toolkit, it's not really all about giving advice or instruction. Uh, it's really not about giving you some kind of prescriptive method to follow. Um, what I expect is that uh, this is, or each episode should start a conversation. It should start a conversation in yourself to um, start thinking about how you do things currently and, and whether you can actually do things a little bit uh, better or differently. Um, I'm just describing in each of these episodes things that I feel have worked for me and I really expect that you'll probably adapt and innovate these concepts uh, to better fit your context. Last episode, we looked at we do hard and uh, that's that attitude that you have where you're always ready to face up to any challenge that comes before you. But not just you as an individual, the emphasis is on the we in we do hard, but it's about teams of people who are always ready to tackle the hard things. What was your takeaway from last episode? I hope uh, there was something in it that you found valuable. Um, and was there something there that you've actually done between listening to that episode and, and coming back for this one? I hope there was. And I hope also that you involved that uh, accountability group that you have in your life. All right, let's get underway with episode four. Now, have you ever stopped to think about the anatomy of an excuse? Or, what you know, what really is an excuse? What's it for? Um, what does it achieve? Uh, you know, uh, what is an excuse? And, and why do we have this compulsion uh, to actually need to provide or offer excuses? Let's have a look, firstly, uh, in which kind of situations excuses are given. Often, it'll be after a failure or a mistake or it might be because of lateness in uh, actually getting to something or delivering uh, something that's been expected of you. Uh, it could be that the excuse is given for underperformance, poor quality of work. It may be not meeting expectations, KPIs. It could be not reaching goals or targets, or it could be you know, potentially that you've caused offence or discomfort or injury to someone. It could be the sort of thing that you would use after a commitment has been broken or a promise has not been delivered on or perhaps that, uh, you know, people give excuses after they've been found out or caught out for certain things. But 
it, funnily enough, I don't recall any time in my life where I've ever had somebody give me an excuse for winning or an excuse for overperforming or an excuse for early delivery or success or actually reaching their goals. Funny that, isn't it? The dictionary has some good definitions and I think it's worth us looking at these for an excuse. First of all, an excuse is an explanation offered as a reason for being excused, sure. It's a plea offered in extenuation of a fault or for release from an obligation or promise. Now we're getting somewhere. To offer an apology for, to seek to remove the blame of. He excused his absence by saying that he was ill. To serve as an apology or justification for, or justify. So there's a range of different things that uh, uh, that define an excuse. But generally, it is the sort of thing that is used to be released from an obligation or, or attempt to remove the blame or shift the blame. And you often hear the phrase giving an excuse being used when uh, these kind of situations are described. Somebody gave, gave him an excuse or the excuse he gave was such and such. But really, when you think about it, nothing of value is really given at all when you are giving an excuse. The person receiving the excuse, they, they don't get anything at all of value. Nothing changes the situation that whatever, whatever uh, not, has, has not been given to them or not been provided to them or whatever commitment has been broken or, or if, if the person was late or, or, what, or any, anything like that, the reason that the excuse is being given, the excuse does not change that whatsoever. Now, the person receiving the, gist, the excuse, they can accept or reject, of course, but regardless, they're left without any value at all. It doesn't even matter if the, if the excuse was valid. It could be the, the, the greatest excuse in, you know, and, and the most valid excuse that has ever existed. And yet, the person receiving it is still not left with any real value. And it's especially true when we give excuses to ourselves. Now, that is just, it's almost... Um, detracting value from our lives. And by this, what I mean is that, you know, if we've made a commitment to ourselves, and it might be something like to lose weight or live healthier or um, improve our health or achieve a certain career goal or whatever it is, and we don't make that goal, and then all of a sudden we turn around and start making excuses to ourselves. Well, there certainly isn't any value in that at all. So, we also hear the idea of making an excuse. And by its very nature, an excuse often does require a bit of creation or creativity. And I, I guess if, if you're anything like me, most or a lot of the time when people do use excuses or give excuses, there's a, an element of embellishment. And uh, certain aspects of the excuse will be emphasised to create a greater level of, of sympathy perhaps. And some people are really, really good at crafting or making excuses. I think the better way of describing this process is using an excuse. Because really, when you think about an excuse, it is something that a person uses for their own benefit. It's not something that they give to somebody else 
to provide value to that other person. It's something that the person giving the or making the excuse uses that excuse to try and shift the blame or, or, or take the focus off their mistake or, or anything like that. And yes, an excuse is sometimes part of an apology. But really, if an excuse is, you, is given as part of an apology, is it really an apology at all? Yeah, look, I'm really sorry I was late, but fill in the blanks. How do you respond when an excuse is made to you? I, th- I would say that outwardly you probably, you know, you might even act with a bit of sympathy and a bit of understanding. You might brush it off and say to the person, oh, look, you know, it's, it's all good. Don't worry about it. No stress. It'll be okay. She'll be fine. Sometimes. Some of us who are a little bit more assertive might actually take the person to task and say, well, you know, you, that's, that's a great excuse. However, you've still left me waiting or you've, you've left me uh, in the lurch because I was relying on you to deliver a certain thing and you haven't delivered it. Anyway, but inwardly, immediately that you start to, or somebody says, look, I'm sorry, I haven't, that's where... Well, for me anyway, I start to switch off. Anything after that, the excuse, I don't really pay much attention to it because I'm starting to assess the ramifications on my own workload. If, if it's a work-related thing and, and I've been waiting for somebody else to maybe prepare a report or, or give me any, some sort of input that I need and they come to me and say, oh, look, I'm sorry, I, I haven't done it or I haven't got it to you, Immediately, I'm starting to think, well, you know, I still need to do my work and I still need to deliver on my commitments. What is this going to mean to me? I'm starting to suppress a bit of annoyance, a bit of frustration, and I'm really starting to work out how I need to move forward. And there could be a little bit of a resolution within me to not rely so heavily on this person in the future. And that's especially true if it's a, if, if it's a repeated pattern. A friend of ours uh, told us a story where she had organised to meet with a team member and uh, this was in a church context and, and somebody that she was leading in, in that context and, and they were going to get together and, and have a bit of a, uh, you know, a meeting about um, you know, various aspects or things that they were working on together and uh, the location that they decide to, decided to meet at was a cafe. Now, the team member turned up about half an hour late or it could have even been a little bit later than that And obviously, they sat down and gave an excuse. Now, our friend, my friend who was was, uh, telling us about this, um, she was sitting there for half an hour. And the excuse that this person gave really didn't change it. And I can't remember whether it was a valid excuse or, or not. But she had a choice there to either just accept the excuse and move on and, and so on. But it's interesting because I remember she described how she did respond and she actually took this person to task and said, well, look, what you've shown is a bit of a disrespect for my time. You know, if, if you knew you were going to be running this late, then um, I would have at least expected some kind of uh, SMS or a, a phone call or something like that to tell me what was happening. But really, it would have been much better if you'd been a little bit more organised to actually make our appointment on time. So right there, the whole situation was turned into a growth opportunity. But getting back to the the excuse, 
the excuse was really meaningless in that situation because regardless of what the excuse was, our friend was sitting there for half an hour or however long it was and uh, her time was being wasted. She did not get any value from that particular excuse. Now, a, a, a fantastic book, one that I absolutely love and I read quite some time ago, um, is called The Magic of Thinking Big. David J. Schwartz wrote this book, and in it he refers to the habit of making excuses as excusitis. He goes on to call this the failure disease. He says, go deep into your study of people, and you'll discover unsuccessful people suffer a mind-deadening thought disease. We call this disease excusitis. Every failure has this disease in its advanced form, and most average persons have it at least a mild case of it. Ouch, I tell you what, Dr. Schwartz certainly didn't uh, pull any punches there, did he? He certainly didn't hold back. But in that chapter, he really sees excuses, or he saw excuses as being a significant roadblock. It, it was something that he, he, he saw as, as potentially preventing a person from achieving sustained success or from reaching their potential. And I can say I've seen that so many times. I've seen people who have this, this disease of excusitis. Everything that happens to them, they've got an excuse for it. Every shortcoming, every time they don't come up or, or don't meet a goal or, or face a setback, they've always got some kind of excuse. He goes on to say, study the lives of successful people and you'll discover this, all the excuses made by the mediocre fellow could be but aren't made by the successful person. How true is that? I don't know uh, what sort of music you listen to but um, I'm a bit of a fan of uh, some more or some of the heavier kind of music Um, and there's a band called Def Leppard. Uh, They were really, really popular in the 80s and 90s, Um, not so much now, they're still around. But uh, they had a drummer, and their drummer's name was Rick Allen. Now, as you can imagine, um, a drummer really needs, or you know, most drummers, you see they've, they've got two arms, two legs, and, and they use them all when they're drumming. But in, in the early 80s, uh, Rick Allen was in a car accident, and this is after the band had, uh, had achieved a certain amount of success. And in that car accident, he lost an arm. It was amputated. Now, you would think... This is, you know, he, he has a very valid excuse now to go, well, I can't play the drums anymore. It's something I love. It's something I'm good at. But, you know, I, I just can't play the drums. However, instead of that, he got himself back up. He redesigned a drum kit that would work and allow him to play the drums uh, without, that, without an arm. And he's still the drummer for Def Leppard today. There's a man named Nicholas James... Uh, um, Vujicic, I don't know if I've pronounced that correctly, but anyway, and uh, he's an Australian and he was born with no arms and no legs. And he is an absolutely incredible, inspirational person. What he's been able to achieve is just phenomenal. He is now a motivational speaker. And uh, if you ever get the chance to hear him speak, I, I would recommend it because, um, you know, he, he will blow you away. He's so, so incredible. I, I believe he's married and has children and all of that kind of thing. And um, again, a person that's born with no arms and no legs, he has an excuse. He has all the valid reasons and yet he has achieved success, achieved continual success because he hasn't relied on those excuses. Um, a movie that I love called Hidden Figures. Um, you may have seen it. 
it's a story of um, some black uh, female mathematicians who um, they had everything against them. It was, you know, in the 50s and, uh, you know, being um, African-Americans and um, being female, they did not have a lot of opportunities in those times. And, and they as well had every reason in the book to make excuses for why they couldn't achieve things. And yet these three ladies that uh, the show focuses around ended up being pivotal in the space race in the 60s. Absolutely just an incredible story. Now, in that chapter of uh, The Magic of Thinking Big, um, he goes on to talk about um, f- four main types of excuse-itis that people use and, and w- to use to uh, blame uh, why they haven't achieved success. Health excu- excuse-itis, intelligence excuse-itis, age excuse-itis, and luck excuse-itis. And, uh, but for me, I think they're all big things. They're, they're kind of at the macro scale. But I think... What, with, where this really begins is with the small things, the everyday things, the everyday excuses that we make. He, he's got this quote, once the victim of, of this failure disease has selected a good excuse, he sticks with it. Then he relies on the excuse to explain to himself and others why he's not going forward. But really, excuses, they're not, they're not really for the people that we're giving them to. Being really, really honest Every time we make an excuse, it's an attempt to legitimately convince ourselves that it really wasn't our fault, whatever the issue was. Another quote from the book, And each time the victim makes the excuse, the excuse becomes embedded deeper within his subconscious. Thoughts, positive and negative, grow stronger when fertilized and with constant repetition. At first, the victim of excusitis knows his alibi is more or less a lie, But the more frequently he repeats it, the more convinced he becomes that it is completely true, that the alibi is the real reason for his not being the success he should be. Excuses, they just mess with our head and they end up having us believe things that we really, really know deep down inside are not true. When I read The Magic of Thinking Big in that particular chapter, I made a conscious decision at that point in time to no longer offer excuses or anything. I just didn't want to make an excuse. I, I thought, I, you know, if, if I have ever let someone down or, you know, all those times where I would normally offer an excuse, I instead I'm going to offer an apology and I'm going to leave it at that. See, in most circumstances, the excuse is an attempt by the person to shift the blame or absolve themselves of responsibility or it could be to deflect focus, save face, soothe wounded, wounded pride or possibly even cover tracks. And really, it's, it's more because of the poor planning or time management or procrastination or inexperience or laziness or even sometimes incompetence. And we've got to blame that, not anything that we've come up with or created. So consider the last time you brought an excuse to someone and being really, really honest with yourself, was it really legitimate? That excuse... Was it really, really legitimate? Did it really provide the full picture? So, look, um, the value, value proposition in uh, not using excuses all. Very quickly, personal. So, the value to you as an individual is that you stop kidding yourself. We, we stop 
uh, we, we start being real with ourselves because we're not always trying to find excuses of why things haven't worked out the way that we had wanted them to. Choosing not to use excuses, it motivates to be more organised and manage time better. There's no back door. You know, you don't go into something thinking, oh, look, if, if I can't deliver it, then, um, you know, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll apologise and give an excuse. No. If you've decided not to give excuses, then that's going to motivate you to be more organised and to actually get things done on time. It also will encourage you to have attitudes like under-promise and over-deliver. And it will help you to be more realistic in your commitments and perhaps even sometimes to say no to things that you know that you're just not going to be able to deliver. See, for me, I think the best, you know, the best thing in this whole situation is not to actually need an excuse in the first place. The value that it brings to relationships, well, you'll be surprised the sort of respect that it gains when you just do not ever give excuses for anything. You take responsibility, you hold yourself accountable, and you do not give excuses. And that raises the level of respect that others will have for you, especially when they know that you have a valid excuse, but then choose not to give it. It also helps you become a trusted advisor or a trusted supplier when you are working in a a vendor-client relationship or something like that. It also helps you um, just be more supportive to people because you are going to be more realistic in your commitments and they're going to be able to rely on you even better. And from an organisational perspective, I just think, imagine, it's almost like a Nirvana thing. Imagine an organisation where every staff member or every volunteer or every team member just made no excuses for anything. That they just lived up up to their commitments, they followed through on things, they were more realistic in, in what they they chose to do and chose to deliver and uh, yeah the value to an organization is just absolutely incredible so if not an excuse then what what are we going to do instead of making an excuse well I think if you do have a situation where you need to apologize and you need to you know say sorry then do it go early approach at the earliest convenience as soon as you realize that you can't deliver uh, something that you've promised then go to the the person or the people and let them know. Because going early, it reduces potential impact and allows for the other, other people to start to plan a contingency. Make sure you give a genuine apology, something that really does demonstrate an understanding of the inconvenience caused. And where possible, offer your assistance to reduce the inconvenience or start to enact that contingency that may be use, uh, useful. And I think it can also help, especially if you have to go to somebody who you report to, it can be uh, very useful to present a strategy that you are going to use in order to not make the same mistake or or break the commitment or or be um, not on time or whatever it is in the future. And lastly, only if you are asked, provide details of what caused the issue. You know, getting fit, something that I, I uh, set my mind to at the beginning of this year, um, around J- uh, January. Now, it wasn't a New Year's resolution because I just, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, but it was a paradigm shift that uh, I, I made just, it just happened to be around that time of the year. And 
basically what I set to, set out to do is to start running every single morning. Now, that was really, really easy when it was heaps of light in the morning, you know, in the middle of summer, and uh, when, um, you know, I could get up and I could go running and it was w- still warm in the morning and life wasn't too busy because it was the Christmas holidays and, you know, that, that was really easy. But then, all of a sudden, life started to get busy again and school went back and we started to get into the same routines and then it started to get colder in the morning and each time one of these things happened, there was that impetus to use it as an excuse to, to break that commitment to myself. And even just earlier this week, um, because what I had done is instead of going out on the road to run, I'd started to use our treadmill. And earlier this week, well, the treadmill broke. So at each point in time, I had that, that opportunity to make an excuse to myself or instead to make a commitment and a change and just adapt to what I needed to do to continue to make that commitment. All right, well, I've presented it to you. I think, I think we can live a life never, ever using an excuse for anything at all. But it's over to you. We've started the conversation. What's your next step? What, what's the, the next thing that you're going to do after this podcast to prevent using excuses at all? What can you do today? What can you do tomorrow to cure yourself from excusitis? And once you've decided on whatever your next step is, don't forget, take that to the people in your life that you are remaining accountable to. Well, look, it's been great to be with you. I've really enjoyed this episode. Uh, and, and well, look, all the, the episodes, I've had a lot of fun putting them together. And I, I hope, you, hope you're enjoying them. hope you're finding uh, value in them as well. If you do, it'd be great if you could sup- subscribe uh, on whatever podcast platform you use. And I understand that you're probably listening to this at the moment. And so, you know, you, you don't have, uh, you know, you might be driving or wherever you are. But if you did get a moment, some stage just uh, it'd be great if you could leave a comment or uh, write a review or you know uh, any of those sorts of things or rate uh, the podcast on your favorite platform and it'd be great also if you uh, would share on whatever social media platform you use as well um, check out uh, Alita's toolkit page or uh, Facebook page or on LinkedIn uh, also so until next time Thanks for tuning in. Keep learning and growing on your leadership journey. And if you are a person of faith, then hang around for my final thought from a Christian perspective. Well, look, I think for this one, uh, living a life without excuses, I, I think we are, as Christians, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are, we're strangers in a strange land and we are called to be his representatives, to reflect Christ in this world. And for this reason, for this reason alone, and I think it's such a powerful and compelling reason, we should be people of our word. People should be able to uh, take us for our word and, and take a, our word as an absolute rock-solid commitment. I'll, I'll just use one verse for today, and it's James 5.12. And it says, but above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. I think that's so powerful. 
we should be people who let who our yes is yes and our no is no. We make firm commitments and we deliver on them every single time. And if we don't, then we own up to it. We take responsibility and we try and do better next time. And excuses are something that we can often use when we know that God is calling us to something. You know, God, you just feel in your prayer time that he's been speaking to you and he's been asking you to do something. It may be that he wants you to go and have a chat with a a friend of yours or someone that you know and uh, you find all the excuses in the sun of why you just can't do that thing. Well, let me challenge you. Uh, Next time God is calling you to do something, no excuses, just get in there and uh, follow through with what he's asking you to do. Well, look, it's great. Uh, it's been great to be on this journey with you. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in. Leaders Toolkit, episode five will be in two weeks' time. Uh, great to be with you, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. So bye for now, and I'll, I'll see you all in a couple of weeks' time.